Hi, and welcome to another edition of Game Time Podcast. With your hosts, I'm Alex Rubinson. And I'm Shai Dweck. The NFL season is so close. I'm excited. I know Shai's very excited joining us us virtually today as he has the last few episodes. So we've had a lot of extensions over the last couple months. We'll get into those, but this show is mainly going to be a division-by-division breakdown. We'll throw in some of our predictions as well. We have a lot to get to in this next hour, so let's get right into it, because it's game time. So, we're recording it this podcast really just hours after the mega extension signed by Deshaun Watson. He's going to be a Houston Texan now for really the next six years. It's a four-year deal worth... So, it's been reported four years, $160 million. I've also seen it's $39 million a year which that math doesn't really check out. So I'm wondering if there's maybe some incentives in there. But this deal, I think, if I, if I understand correctly, it's going to be $177 million over these next six years when you include the two years that were already remaining on Watson's rookie deal. So this contract will take him to age 30. It's $111 million guaranteed. And now he's he becomes now the second highest paid quarterback in the NFL, only trailing the Patrick Mahomes deal that was ridiculous when it hit the uh, breaking news market a few, or I guess now just a couple months ago. What was your initial reaction, Shy, when you saw the news? You know, I wasn't surprised, um, to be honest with you. He was going to get his money, and I think we knew right around where that range was um, in between sort of the... Russell Wilson and uh, Patrick Mahomes range um, right around $39-40 million. And that splits the difference. Mahomes essentially on his new deal was getting $45 million a year, while Russell Wilson on his new deal was getting $35 million a year. So Watson really splits the difference, but you know, it really resets. You know, people are like, well, he's not going to touch Mahomes' money. I don't know if when the next time we'll see someone touch Mahomes' money. But it was like, who's go- when that next deal comes... How far or how much will they break Russell Wilson's threshold of $35 million a year? And this was pretty significant, I thought. $39 million, $40 million, $45 million on an annual basis compared to the last guy is a lot of money when you, when you just look at how some of these contracts have go. Sometimes, you know, a guy will reset the quarterback market by just $1 million. So $4 to $5 million is a lot. I wasn't surprised by the contract itself. I was more surprised that it got done. We heard reports really as early as last week that they were far apart. And then obviously these last few days that the Texans were very eager to get stuff done. They were trying really hard, meeting with Deshaun Watson, meeting with Deshaun Watson's representation. So yes, both sides wanted to get a deal done before week one hit, which for the Texans is a little sooner than for most teams as they play in the Thursday night game against those Kansas City Chiefs. So I think when this contract came out, my first reaction was, wow, they got this done with two years remaining on the contract. And I think for Watson, this is great because, as I said before, he'll be around 30 years old when this contract expires, unless he signs another extension on top of it. And for a quarterback, 30 years old, at least in my opinion, isn't that old. Now, obviously, you know, he's had a couple of torn ACLs and a couple of other injuries with, I believe, a rib injury and... He's been really banged up, so, you know, age doesn't always tell the whole story. But if, and yes, it is a big if, he can stay healthy, 
he still is in line for another big contract at once this one either expires or as he's going to the last year of this deal wants a new extension. So, you know, Mahomes obviously wanted the more long-term security when Watson, I guess, wanted to either hit the open market or be in line for another extension at a still relatively young age for his position. For him, it's all about staying healthy. And for the Texans, they've gotten a ton of deals done. They got Laramie Tunsil, now Watson. Just about, what, a week earlier, they signed Zach Cunningham, their uh, linebacker, their young linebacker, to a four-year, around $58 million deal, which that's a lot of money for that position, you know, around, what, $14.5 million per year. So the Texans have really meant business this offseason, getting deals done. Obviously, they trade away DeAndre Hopkins. And after trading away Hopkins, it, you knew it was all eyes on getting that deal with Deshaun Watson done. They had to get it done. They did get it done. Now they can move on, which I think for their sake, they can take a big sigh of relief. Yeah, I definitely agree with you, Alex. Uh, injury has to be the one concern. I mean, really, any time make a deal like this, but especially um, the guy of Deshaun Watson, his play style, his mobility, and of course that injury history. And I think then you look at a guy of his age, still a lot of room to grow and improve from already being one of the top quarterbacks in the league. So yeah, he's also just not the biggest guy, which is not 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 a knock. It's just, that's just what it is. He's not. You know, at least how he looks. Carson Wentz looks bigger than he does. Like, there are guys out there who just look bigger. Ben Roethlisberger. So, you will see how much of a toll his body can take. So, now let's look at this division as a whole. The Colts, they had their own extension fairly recently. Signing center Ryan Kelly to a new four-year, $50 million deal. And, you know, the Colts obviously completely rebuilt that offensive line. Ryan Kelly right in the middle of it. So, Good job, Indianapolis. You brought back Anthony Costanza earlier. And uh, now Ryan Kelly. So they're really keeping that strong offensive line intact after it was the laughing stock of the league not too long ago. Obviously, you have the Titans of that division and then the Jaguars who look to be rebuilding. This might be the most interesting division to watch because they don't, I don't... I don't think they have that powerhouse, but there are three teams that if you said... Three teams can make the playoffs, especially with the playoffs now being expanded to seven teams per conference. It wouldn't surprise me whatsoever. You know, in fact, Dallas, I do think, looking at it, landscape right now, I do think that three AFC South teams will go to the postseason. And as you said, there are just those three teams, Texans, Titans, Colts, all sort of jockeying for position. No one really has a clear upper hand in that division. And you can't really say that about... I don't, I don't believe any other division in football, so it's definitely going to be really interesting to watch who comes out on top. Yeah, I've kind of been, you know, who's going to win this division? I was kind of flip-flopping. Initially, I was kind of saying the Colts because this team was 5-2 and two when Jacoby Brissett. Brissett gets injured, and then that entire team was just never the same when Brissett came back. I don't know. the t- I don't, right now, I don't, I'm saying, like, the Texans probably won't win the division, but then you look at, what Deshaun Watson has done in his career. And Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller, maybe, Brandon Cooks is no DeAndre Hopkins, but Cooks and Fuller and even a guy like Randall Cobb is not the worst receiving trio. They br- as well. What, sorry, what was, what were you saying? Kenny Stills. Kenny Stills. I knew I was forgetting one receiver. And then David Johnson. I know obviously he struggled maybe the past few years, but if they can, un- you know, he hasn't, he's had 
had a couple injuries, but his biggest injury was a wrist injury, which for that position should not affect you that much. So maybe the Texans can unlock something that Johnson hasn't been able to unleash in a while. I want to say the Colts win this division because I think although Philip Rivers, I think, should solve some of their quarterback miscues from last year, I also like the Titans. I like Tannehill as a nice, you know, he's a good quarterback. You know, you know what he showed last year, he, he's not going to turn the ball over a ton. Shai, what do you, who are you leaning towards when you're picking this division? You know, I, I, we had this debate, I think, a few months ago, maybe. Uh, obviously, way too early now. Maybe it's a little still early, but I'm going to ride with who I said before. Tennessee Titans. I really like them this year. I think Mike Vrabel's done a tremendous job with his team. I think I've been really just so put by and sinker for the Titans after they went in to that Baltimore game and knocked them off. And they had no business doing so. Really showing type of coaching, uh, type of coach Mike Vrabel is, and the identity of this Titans team. You know, to be able to pound it with Derrick Henry, tire out a defense, and then obviously Ryan Tannehill playing very well last season, elevating the level of play on everyone on that offense. Yeah, I'm a big fan of A.J. Brown. I think he's going to have a breakout year if he hadn't even had his breakout games last year. I don't know. I think if this it comes down, I don't know. I'll, I, guess I'll, I guess I'll shift towards the Titans just because I think we kind of know what to expect from them. Texans uh, replaced Hopkins with Cooks. Colts have a new quarterback. So I think the in terms of kind of who has the highest floor uh, you know, or less range of outcomes in terms of security, I think it is Tennessee. So I'll kind of take the safe pick. But I think Houston with Watson, Colts with Phillip Rivers with a much better offensive line than he had to work with with the Chargers, I think should both be very... Very good contenders, and I'd be surprised if this division race is a runaway or ends any time soon. So now, let's stay in the AFC, and let's go to the AFC West, where, you know, I would love to, you know, go out on a limb and pick another team, but, you know, I, you can't not pick the Chiefs. You can't bet against Mahomes, can you? And Andy Reid and those guys? No. No, Andy, absolutely not. You can't do it. I mean, Andy Reid got his big extension worth six years. Brett Veach, the GM, got his extension worth six years. So oh, those sir. those guys will be Chiefs for the long haul. The Chiefs struck, you know, they struck gold with all these guys. And then, more importantly, they, they kept the core together. Obviously, the nodal, obviously, you had the huge Mahomes extension, but Travis Kelsey signing his own four-year, $57.25 million deal. He's now the second-highest tight end. We'll get to, or the second-highest-paid tight end. We'll get to the highest-paid tight end later in the podcast. I think this is a bit of a runaway. I think there's some teams in this division that have really good young talent and could maybe do slightly better than we give them credit for, at least coming into this year but I don't think they're nearly in the realm that the Chiefs have put themselves in and have gathered the talent and incredible management and coaching that they put themselves in this position to succeed at the highest level. So let's kind of talk about some of those other teams. 
the Chargers making some big moves and or really retaining their own really just less than an hour after or really maybe an hour less than uh we started this podcast Keenan Allen signed a four-year deal worth just over 80 million dollars and he now becomes really the second highest paid receiver it was about 80.1 million which puts which puts him in terms of money per year just ahead of Michael Thomas of the Saints and just ahead of Amari Cooper of the Cowboys He's now, you know, money-wise, and again, per year, is just trailing Julio Jones, who's making $22 million per year. I feel like Keenan Allen, great route runner, is just one of those guys who's super underrated at his position. Yeah, Alex, but I, I gotta be frank with you, I don't like this move from the Chargers. I mean, giving a guy who's had the injury history of Keenan Allen, I will give you that he's a great rounder, route runner, and when he's on the field, he's a staple of consistency, and you need that security blanket for a young quarterback when Justin Herbert eventually takes the reins. But let's think about this. He's never played without Philip Rivers before. We don't know the rapport that he's going to have with Tyrod Taylor or just Justin Herbert. You know, he had that injury issues, and not. And on top of that, I don't know, but I'm willing to call him a top ten wide receiver. It's close. It's, it's close. No, close. look. But I don't think it warrants the type of money with all those factors given. Yeah, I I do agree with you there. I do think they probably overpaid somewhat. I do think just overall, Keenan Allen is one of the better receivers in our game. I probably would have him in the top 10. He's not flashy. So yes, I think the Chargers did overpay somewhat. But at the same time, I think, yes, yes, he maybe got too much. But at the same time, again, I think he's underrated on the national level. He does not get that same recognition and despite playing in LA, they're the second team in LA. They don't have a ton of they don't have that big of a fan base. They don't have a ton of attention. Let's get to the second contract that uh that they Chargers signed with Joey Bosa. Talk about this record-breaking deal for a non-quarterback. 5 years, 135 million, 102 million guaranteed. This is a, it goes to about twenty seven and a half million per year. I want to you know I believe. This I mean this Chargers team is I think very complete. I think they have a lot of good talent everywhere. That offensive line is still iffy in my mind, and we'll see if they have the guy in Justin Herbert. Obviously, we won't see Week One, but I think this Chargers team is pretty complete. They don't have that many glaring holes. Yeah, I agree with you. I think there's a question mark quarterback slight question mark offensive line and it really you know pained me to see uh derwin james's injury and he'd be out for an extended period of time i believe he's out for the year i believe defense could be very special um but derwin james is a huge hit one of the better safeties in the nfl Um, and this is now his second year in the row where he suffered a major injury yes definitely a concern and i you know i think this was a team that could potentially compete for a playoff spot even with those question marks at quarterback and offensive line because as I'm saying, because you, you were saying that they are so complete otherwise uh, but I think it's it, they're maybe not quite there now, especially if that Derwin James injury really takes a big hit for them, um, but I think they're definitely a year away and they should be a strong team with a very good young core coming up With the extra wild card spot, I wouldn't be too surprised if they made a bit of a run at it but I think ultimately they will fall short. But Justin Herbert's the key. And obviously probably not this year, but 
they have a really good team that for most of you know it's locked in long term and uh so you know we'll see so let's move on to the raiders who just traded a rookie to the dolphins the raiders just traded kind of utility man lynn bowden jr to the miami dolphins and you very rarely see a rookie get traded before playing his first game with the team but that has happened raiders obviously bowden's kind of running back receiver i believe he may have played some quarterback too in college so he's kind of this wildcat threat versatile player and the Raiders who really including Bowden drafted two other two other receivers Bowden Brian Edwards and then obviously Henry Ruggs the third so already they traded one of them heading to Miami Raiders have some decent pieces but I feel like out of these other two teams Raiders and Broncos I feel like the Broncos are gonna be really fun to watch Noah Fant Jerry Judy, K.J. Hamler, Cortland Sutton, and Drew Locke showed really good things in his uh, what we saw from his rookie year. Yes, I'm sorry. I just lost a little connection right there. Uh, what, what were you saying, Alex? Well, I was kind of talking about like the Broncos. I think they're going to be a really fun team to watch this year with Noah Fant and K.J. Hamler, Jerry Judy. Obviously, Drew Locke showed some really good flashes. They already have Cortland Sutton. Uh, they're, you know, they trade for A.J. Boye, Von Miller, and Bradley Chubb already there on that D-line. I think this Broncos team can be uh, sneaky solid, but they have a ton of young talent, especially on the offensive side of the ball, and be just be really exciting to watch, I feel like. A lot of potential. Yeah, I think this Broncos team is in a similar boat to the Chargers. That offense is almost there. Defensively, starting to do a little bit of work. But I, I, I really am looking forward to seeing maybe just maybe we're having a little bit more of a conversation about who's winning this division uh, in the next few years with the Chargers and the Broncos and even the Raiders a bit on the up and up with solid young cores. Yeah, Raiders have been, I feel like, are putting uh, together some nice pieces. Uh, you know, we'll see with them. Uh, Chargers drafted Herbert, Broncos have Locke, and there's still questions about is Derek Carr the long-term option there? Whether you think so or not, what does Gruden think? That ob- it obviously comes down to that, but it it'll definitely be interesting. You know, is Carr or even is Mariota their quarterback of the future? We just don't know. So let's go now to your favorite team and their division, the AFC North. Yes. I think this is going to be a really oh. tight division race between two teams. The Baltimore Ravens, obviously, and then the Pittsburgh Steelers. Shy, you have the floor as the Steelers are your team. What do you think of your team, but then the division as a whole? You know, I don't usually get to say that I love watching the AFC North, and it's my favorite division to watch in football, um, because I just I hope that I don't have to watch all the other games so much because the Steelers are you know, doing so well. But recently, with Baltimore's a resurgence, I, I can't. Say that at all, but I'm, I'm genuinely excited uh, to watch this division this year. And of course, my Steelers with Ben Roethlisberger back. Um, of course, there are going to always going to be some question marks at elbow, but he's looked really good in training camp. Obviously, we'll have to see um, Week One against your Giants how good he really is. The well, the Giants are rebuilding, so we don't have to talk yes, about that. <laughs> just to see him in, in, in sort of a game and a real NFL uh, game, though. Uh, in regular season. And then that offensive line is still there. J- 
James Conner need to have bounce back here. They they need to be able to run the ball. That is that new identity of this team has got to be to run the ball offensively, run first. Uh, even if Randy Finkner, their offensive coordinator, may be reluctant to do so, I really do think that's necessary, considering, in my opinion, and many others as well, that they do have a top three defense, in my opinion, the best defense in the NFL. Fantastic, created the most tur- tur- uh, takeaways, turnovers last season, 38 of them, with the veteran quarterback coming back, a young, solid wide receiving core, Juju Smith-Schuster, Trace Claypool, Deontay Johnson, James Washington, Adding Eric Ebron along with Vance McDonald, this team can be really special because when you look at, I don't go on a little bit of a rant here, but I'll be <laughs> done in a second. This team is really special because I, when you look at, usually in history, the formula that creates a Super Bowl contender. It's a veteran quarterback who's done it before. It's a fantastic head coach, and it's a stellar defense. The Steelers have all three of those things, and I'd argue maybe. Um, that sort of best formula in the AFC. But, of course, that formula has been defied by Patrick Mahomes. So, can never bet against him, as you said. Um, but that's really my take on the Steelers. I do think the Ravens are the better team, more well-rounded. Uh, I don't really see people being able to stop Lamar last year, I think. Or this year, sorry. I don't think if they can do it last year, even with getting more film on him, I don't believe that. There's a, there's a down path for me to stop them. So I really, I do think the Ravens are better, but it's going to be a dog fight and come down to week 17 games for this division. Yeah, I still, right now I give the edge to Baltimore, but I feel like this could be one of the situations where Ravens win the division, Steelers are like that first wild card, and yet maybe the Steelers, they pull off an upset or two, and all of a sudden the Steelers might even you know, get to the AFC divisional round and even possibly the AFC championship game, this could be one of those situations where, despite not winning the division, the second-place team ends up advancing further than the, than the division winner. It all comes down to Ben's health, though. Obviously, this was an 8-8 eight eight team with Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges. So, that tells you all you need to know about just the overall coaching job, but also just how dominant that defense was especially once they pulled off that Minka Fitzpatrick trade, this team should be a top contender for the Super Bowl, as well as obviously the Ravens. You know, we don't... The Ravens, obviously, they cut Earl Thomas, which was definitely a surprise. Yeah, that's a shot to their secondary, which is arguably maybe... With the Patriots being one of the best in the NFL, but losing a guy like Earl Thomas who's been there, a leader on that defense, but maybe not as much as we thought as he's had several locker room mishaps there. So it should be interesting to see how that sort of safety position uh, shapes up next to Chuck Clark. Yeah, and even if Cleveland and Cincinnati, I don't expect them to contend for the division as much as the Steelers, and obviously the Ravens will. I think these are still very intriguing teams. Remember, Cleveland was like that hot, sexy pick that everyone was going with, and it was their year to finally, you know, break the curse, and they had Odell, and Jarvis Landry, and Nick Chubb, and Kareem Hunt, and Baker Mayfield, Miles Garrett, who they obviously signed to a huge extension this offseason, and then, you know, misguidance from the coaching staff, bad leadership from the coaching staff, and the bottom just dropped off. It just dropped out. Yeah. So, they kind of, well... So now we're more, everyone's looking at them like they're the old Cleveland Browns. But I think Kevin Stefanski, he seems like a really good coach. 
a professional coach, a coach who will have this team headed in the right direction. So I think Cleveland can contend for a playoff spot. Again, I don't think they're going to contend as much for the, the division. But again, with that seventh wild card spot, or I guess that third wild card spot, seventh overall spot, I definitely think the Browns are a playoff contender. And I think, believe it or not, they might be even getting slept on because of how much they, uh, you know, they failed last season and just completely, completely uh, just went against the expectations that so many had. So yeah. they could be a sleeper team almost because of the hype and how overhyped they were coming in because now no one's picking them. So I actually could see Cleveland being a really good team. I think they're going to be a lot more fundamentally sound, better technique overall. That offensive line with uh, Conklin and Jedrick Wills should be much better. And then the Bengals with Joe Burrow. Whenever a quarterback goes number one overall, he's going to be interesting to watch. And obviously a record-setting year at LSU last year for Burrow. The Bengals with signing Joe Mixon to a four-year, $48 million deal puts him right there with, like, around where Derrick Henry was, just a little less than what Henry got among the top-paid running backs. The the Bengals have some pieces, and remember, their first-round pick two years ago, Jonah Williams, was out the entire year last year. So not only are you getting a the number one overall pick at quarterback, but you're also getting a top-11 pick at offensive tackle. And you know what? Maybe Jonah Williams might struggle a little out of the gate, first career games, coming off an injury. But also, you're getting a first-round talent at offensive line that should also help and improve that offensive line. The Bengals have some pieces that are definitely, I think, going to be fun to watch, starting with Joe Burrow. Rookie quarterbacks are always exciting because we don't know what to expect for them, but Burrow looked like the real deal last year at LSU. Yeah, Burrow definitely scares me in the years to come. Um, but let me just say one more thing about the Browns. So, no, I could talk about the AFC North forever, but I know we're running a little on time to make this quick. I'm believe it when I see it from Cleveland. You know That's fair. I'm not again I'm not saying they're gonna go eleven and five, but could they go nine and seven and push for that for that final wildcard spot? I think they can. They could, but I would have to give the edge to a team like Houston. And that's fine. Again, I'm not picking them to do that, but I'm saying it's definitely well in the realm of possibility. And I feel like too many people are writing these te- writing this team off like they just started rebuilding and trading all these guys away. They didn't. It's the exact same team as last year, except probably way more well-coached, better coached, better guidance, better leadership. This team should be much better. I think they'll definitely be better, but I, I as, as a Steelers fan, as someone who's watched the division for a long time, I don't. I'll believe it when I see it. I'll leave it at that. Okay. Let's run out the AFC now and go into the final division, the AFC East, with a new sheriff in New England. This is no longer Tom Bray's division. It's now Super Cam in New England. Josh Allen in Buffalo. Who knows who in Miami, although Fitzmagic and Tua. But whoever's playing quarterback in Miami will be fun to watch. I'll say that. And then, obviously, the Jets with Sam Darnold. And the Jets, well, they're also full of surprises. You'll never know what you're getting when you are a Jet fan. So, Shy, I know they signed Cam, and Belichick's an evil genius, but I'm picking the Bills to win this division. I'm picking the Bills. I, th- I love... Look, Belichick's still the king of coaches. I'm not taking that away from him. 
But Sean McDermott might be the most, or not either the most, or one of the most slept-on head coaches in the I NFL. Agree. His teams are always fundamentally sound, good technique, and competitive. He, you know, what they defensively they're good. He runs the ball, and Devin Singletary is a really good running back. Zach Moss seems like a pretty good power back. They trade for Stephon Diggs, which adds another element. You know, when you look at John Brown, Stephon T- Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, you know, nice, some talented receivers. Tredavious White's a top three corner in the NFL. I just really like this Bills team. And look, I think it's going to be competitive between the Patriots and Bills, but I think the Bills squeak one out. Now, it's going to be a huge year for Josh Allen. Because even though the Bills made the playoffs last year, it wasn't exactly because of Josh Allen. He wasn't terrible, but he was league average, which isn't bad. But when the Bills traded up for him twice, they traded up twice to end up taking Allen at number 7 overall, he needs, in my opinion, when you do that, you have to be better than average. And, again, I wouldn't say he got carried, but he definitely didn't do the carrying last year. So I think he has to be better if the Bills want to take that next step, which I think they definitely can. Bills will be a good team this year. And I'm really excited because they're kind of that old-school, ground-and-pound, good defense, stick-to-the-fundamentals team. And I like that in a lot of teams. Not exactly... I think the Bills are going to be a good team. I like Sean McDermott. I agree with you there. That defense is super, super sound. Um, and it, it, somehow if the Patriots end up coming out on top, I think in this division, Bill Belichick has to or even make the playoffs. There's no question in my mind. Like, there's no argument. Bill Belichick is the greatest coach in NFL history. If that happens, there's no, there shouldn't be a, an argument or a question about that statement. Let me just first say that. Then back to the Bills. Only I just I'm not confident in that Bills running game, Alex. You're not confident. I'm not. I'm not. I I I think Singletary should flashes. No, I'm not I, saying he's gonna be this true workhorse and burst onto the scenes, but I think he's he's a serviceable back, and I think Zach Moss is a nice power back to go with him, and Josh Allen can run the ball too. Like I think they're gonna they're not gonna have an extraordinary run game, but I think they're gonna have a nice run game that can set up the deep ball to John Brown to Stephon Diggs. Yeah, but then I, I still don't think... I think Josh Allen has got to raise his game. And I said that. Level. What he did last year isn't going to get the Bills very far, if anywhere, in the playoffs. So he does have to be better. But I still think, you know, even with the Patriots still there and Cam Newton a good quarterback and Bill Belichick still obviously the head coach... I still think the Bills are going to win this division. And I think it's from there, like, can Josh Allen race his game if they want to make a serious run at it? Run at a deep January run. I agree with you. But I would still put teams, you know, I still think teams like the Titans, I think, might be seated higher this year. I like Which is perfectly fair. Which is perfectly fair. They're a better team. Uh, My Steelers, although they're not going to win their division. Yeah, see, I could see the Steelers and Bills meeting in the first round as the Bill with the Bills getting the four seed, the Steelers getting the five seed because the Steelers didn't win their division. So I could see that happening. I think that's very likely. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with you there. Um, now, Shai, I have a question for you. Yes. yes. Take all four teams. Mm-hmm. Who's the one player you're really itching to see in this division? Pick one player out of all the four teams, not one each. One player. You have all four teams. Which player are you itching to get your eyes on? 
Because I have someone in mind. I have someone in mind. I, I know you do, and I think I know who it's going to be. But as much as I don't want to say Cam Newton, I, I can't lie to you. It has to be him. It has to be Cam. Now, I'm fairly sure that there is no more Super Cam. I, don't, I think the too many injuries, too banged up. He's got a chance to change the way he threw the football. You know, it's the shoulder surgeries... I, I don't I don't know if he's you know doesn't have the same brain you know as Tom Brady like he's in, he's a smart guy in the football field but he's no Tom Brady so I don't know how if they're gonna adjust the system or well they're obviously going to adjust it and play it because that's what the pitchers do so well and why they've been so good is they play to their own guy's strength guy gets injured what are Cam Newton's strengths right now well they, they know better than we do they've seen him if he really wasn't ready to play, and he really was struggling that badly, he would not be starting week one. In my opinion, right now, I look at him and I see a below-average injury-prone quarterback. But he has good upside. I think that's one thing. He has a lot of upside. Solid upside, if that mobility can return, which I don't think it, you know, I think it could, but I think that, I don't think he has the same ability to take hits. And I, I, I think it's going to really hinder them. Well, he's going to have to slide more, get out of bounds, see that type of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Now, it will be really interesting to see if I'm wrong. And I, I, I kind of, you know, it will be interesting. I don't, if, if I'm wrong, then that would be really fun to watch. But if I'm right, if, I, mean, I mean, yeah, if I'm wrong, it'll be really fun to watch. If I'm right, though, I'll be happy because we don't want to see Super Cam in New England. We don't. <laughs> I don't think, I think I'm going to be right. Because I don't think he's going to recover, recover from those injuries uh, to that extent. But it, I definitely, I'm still curious enough where I have to know for sure. Okay, so now my player. Who do you think my player is? Sam Darnold. No, it's not Sam Darnold. Okay. Sam, that was, it was Sam Darnold last year and then he got mono, which was not good. My guy's Tua. Tua Tagovailoa. He was going to go number one before Burrow had a historic year and he had a hip fracture. What if he goes to f- number five overall, which is a pretty big drop, number one and number five. I'm, and I know he won't start, and we don't know how that hip looks, but I'm really excited about Tua. I think he can be better than Burrow. And I think, last year I was all in on Sam Donner, and I was like, he's going to be the quarterback of this division for years to come once Brady moves on. I think it's Tua now. I'm re- I really like what I saw at Alabama, and I'm really in on Tua, and I hope we see him this year because he's, he's my guy. And again, I don't think the Dolphins are going to make a ton of noise this year. It's more of years to come for Miami, but I'm really excited with what they have. Brian Flores showed incredible... Talking about a really good co- coach on the rise, that's Brian Flores and that entire Dolphins staff. I think he's doing great things in Miami. Now to the NFC, where let's start with the NFC West. Arguably, and maybe it's not arguably, the best division in football. I mean, four teams will be competitive. We're going to have four competitive teams out of four in one division. Shy, who do you have in this division? Who do you like in this division on a player's aspect? Also, we'll just say George Kittle. He signed... He, uh, the highest paid tight end at five years, $75 million, uh, $15 million a year. So congrats to George Kittle. And now he's the highest paid tight end 
in the NFL, Niners locking down the guys that got him here, locking down the guys who weren't first-round picks, but they really hit on. So good job by the San Francisco 49ers there. But let's get to this division. It's a really good division, maybe the most interesting and exciting division because all four teams are expected to be good and competitive. Yeah, I think you got those two top teams in San Francisco and Seattle. Those are are two cream of the crop teams in the NFC, both competing at the top of that division. Then you got the other two teams that are around on the same level, in my opinion. Maybe the Rams are a tad bit better, but you could argue either way. Cardinals and the Rams, and... It's it's really hard to say where you know who's what the order is going to be one two three four in this division. And I don't know if I want to try and guess because I don't think I'll be wrong. I th- I want to say it's going to be between the Niners and Seahawks for that division. I yes. really do. Yes. Now, I, 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 could the Rams and Cardinals get into the playoffs? Absolutely. As a wild card, absolutely. But I think we're going to have at least at the very least two di- two teams from this division. Remember, the Seahawks were an inch away from sweeping the Niners winning both games, and winning that division. And obviously the Niners won the division, rode the one seed all the way to a Super Bowl appearance and as they nearly beat the Kansas City Chiefs, but could not pull out that win. Obviously we talked about the Jamal Adams trade. They may have overpaid, but they still upgraded that defense. Uh, they're going to lose Jadavian Clowney, and we'll kind of we'll get to him a little later. I just really like Russell Wilson. How does he not have one, not one MVP vote in his career? That's insane. Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, they're nice pieces. But, I mean, it's not... I don't know. I thought he should have gotten more MVP recognition. I'm not saying he should have won. But I thought more recognition for the MVP last year was warranted. He just does not have that much to work with. And yet, the Seahawks are always a winning ball club. They're always competitive. In December, they're always in the playoff hunt or division hunt. This Seahawks team is so. I don't. I don't. Sue seems good, but Russell Wilson is great, and Pete Carroll is again one of the best coaches we have in our game. I don't know. I really don't know who to pick. I like Shanahan as the Niners head coach. I think that defense might take a bit step. Uh, step back because we've seen that in the past. Defenses burst onto the scene and then they take a step back. I still th- still think they're going to be one of the better defenses in the league. I just don't know if they'll be the elite of the elite like they were last year. Yeah, um, I agree with you completely about Russell Wilson. By the way, we talked about that a little bit. Uh, you want to check out our Jamal Adams Jamal podcast? Adams trade podcast. Better go. Um, but I think this year. Not the Seahawks aren't in the division hunt. They're not in... They're in the Super Bowl hunt. hunt. They're in the Super Bowl hunt. Exactly right. But I think so are the Niners. Like, I think both teams... The Niners. Whoever loses this division, by no means, is is not a Super Bowl contender. There are two... Whoever loses this division, I expect to be the five seed, and I expect to still realistically contend for a championship. Why not? Why not? Yeah, I'll go. I'll go Seattle too. Why not? 
a team a team though if they find the wild card they can easily go further than the Niners if they win the division so you know we're gonna move on now to the uh the AFC South another really good division and maybe and I said AFC South Oh, well, if I did, NFC South. This might be the best quarterback division. You have Drew Brees, you have Tom Brady. One, two, in a ton of statistical categories all time. You have Matt Ryan, another, you know, former MVP, near Super Bowl winner. One of the better quarterbacks in our game. And then Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, for a fourth quarterback in a division, he's not that bad. You know, solid quarterback. He's no slouch. He's a solid quarterback. Can get the job done if you put talent around him. Panthers, you know, and again, it's not it's not a ton on Bridgewater. I just don't think they have enough talent to compete with some of these other teams. I think they're doing somewhat of a rebuild. Obviously, no Cam now this year. They got rid of Ron Rivera. So a bit of an era has concluded in Carolina. So let's focus on the other three teams. The Saints might be signing Jadavian Clowney. The Saints right now seem like the main suitor for Clowney. I know Tennessee's interested. Baltimore might be in the mix. But right now, it seems like the New Orleans Saints are the favorites from Clowney, and a deal could get done as soon as Monday, it sounds like. So as of this recording, Clowney's still out there as a free agent, but this is kind of just speculation around the league. Imagine Sheldon Rankins. You might, you know, I've seen maybe whispers and trade talk, but still, Sheldon Rankins, Marcus Davenport, Cam Jordan, Clowney on that defense, or on the defensive line. Then you go to... Marshawn Lattimore, Malcolm Smith, not Malcolm Smith, <laughs> what am I saying? Malcolm Jenkins, the sa- the safety who they brought back after his tenure in Philly came to a close, Demario Davis, and then, look, I know they have Lattimore on one side, and Lattimore's great, let him do his thing, but Jack Rapid, Janoris Jenkins, very underrated, got cut by the Giants, not because of his play, though, Went to the Saints. He's a very good corner. A really nice number two, I feel like. Not a ton of pressure there with the Saints. You have a great... And then, and that's just the defense, which people say is their weakness. You go to the offense with Ryan Ramchek on that offensive line. Alan Kamara. And even a guy like Latavius Murray in the backfield is a nice duo. Hall of Fame quarterback. First ballot Hall of Fame quarterback. Drew Brees. Great play calling. Emmanuel Sanders. Michael Thomas. Jared Cook is your pass catchers. I really like the Saints team. Tampa might have the better offense, though. Like, I'm picking the Saints because of familiarity. I'm picking the Saints. It's kind of that, overall, the same group of guys. Uh, the cast is kind of back together. There's some un- you know, uncertainty there in, in Tampa, but I still expect the Buccaneers to put to give the Saints a run for their money, and if they don't win the division, I expect, again, at least two teams uh, it, coming out of this division uh, and playing in January, and even Atlanta, I think, could make a run at another wild card spot. Yeah, I got to agree with you. I think the Saints, if they get Clowney, this team, in my opinion, is hands down the most talented team in the NFL on paper. Uh, it's not really that close for me, uh, and it's scary to think about, but. Um, They are the most well-rounded. Great coaching staff. From the coaching staff, front office, players, player development, they are incredible. Yeah, I'm thinking the Saints win this division, too. I think the Buccaneers, I'm not not exact sold on that defense. I think this 
offense. That defense is underrated, though. I like their front seven. Their front seven overall, because Devin White and Levante David is your linebackers I really like. Yeah, we got to see his development from that secondary, but I do think... That's the biggest question, obviously. Yeah, their secondary, was- and to a lesser extent, they're off at the line. We'll see how rookie Tristan Wirfs is. Obviously, a lot of expectations. You know, how how well can he transition immediately? Uh, that's why I think the Saints are... They also, probably are the most complete team in the NFL. Sorry, what were you saying, Shy? Those are definitely two playoff teams, without a doubt. Uh, I'll, I'll pick the Saints, too, but you know, you've got to wonder, I think, at one point of this team. Like, the woes in the postseason, you know? It's, it, it, at one point, you got to be thinking, well, what's wrong, you know? The Vikings last year had no business having a close game with the Saints, in my opinion. Vikings were a nice team, and they, in my opinion, they deserved to be there. I just didn't think they would win that game. I don't think they. I didn't think they would either. I, the Saints in the in the playoffs have dropped to down to a level of their competition, and I and I gotta say this, and you know, you know, unless, uh, you know, scold me if you want, but I think Sean Payton's job is on the line if the Saints do not make a deep run this year. Yeah, we'll see that with that whole division quickly, very quickly. Um, Atlanta, do you think they're a serious contender for the playoffs? Because I do. No. Really? No. Dan Quinn's job is on the line. His job, I mean... He should have been fired two years ago. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. But uh, his, his job, his seat might be the hottest. Maybe only Doug Marone. It'll be interesting, though, like, no fans. How does that affect teams like the Seahawks, Chiefs, and the Saints? Uh, teams that really thrive at their home stadiums. Steelers, too. Teams that thrive at their home stadiums with tremendous crowds and fans. So, two more divisions. Uh, we'll kind of cover them fairly quickly. We don't have a ton of time. Let's get to the NFC North. We'll s- another division race that I expect to be close between the Green Bay Packers, who they signed Kenny Clark, their defensive tackle, to a four-year, $70 million deal, and the Minnesota Vikings, who just acquired Yannick Ngakwe, for a second rounder and a fifth that can become a fourth and can even become a third. Pretty good trade by Minnesota, especially considering what Jacksonville initially was seeking. I think this is going to be a great division race, and I think it's going to be really competitive and should come down to the wire. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's gonna, yeah, I think it's going to be closer than most people think. Most people have Green Bay and you know, write it off. I'm picking the upset. Why not Minnesota? Upset. Why not Minnesota? Why not? I, know, I, think, I know I'm going bold. I know I'm being bold, but why not? I don't think they have the best. I don't even think they have the best defense in their division. Well, and that's the Bears. But that's the ba- the Bears, in my opinion, have the best defense in that division. But their offense is so behind Minnesota that I don't I think, think the Packers have the best. Defense interesting. Defense. That's interesting. I Packers think. have a nice defense, but I. I don't know. I I really like Mike Zimmer. I really like Mike Zimmer, and I think. You know, they have a young secondary, which is definitely a question mark, but I have confidence in Zimmer. I really like I really like the Jeff Gladney pick. I really like the Cam Dantzler pick. I think Vikings have young talent and experience in that secondary, so that's where my confidence in Mike Zimmer comes in. But, you know, you lose Everson Griffin, and now you, but you pair Daniel Hunter with Yannick Ngakwe? I mean, that duo should create havoc on offensive lines. Then you got Anthony Barr... Eric Hendricks. 
And then you have Harrison Smith and Anthony Harris as your safeties. So they can also, that's where that, you know, it's inexperienced, that secondary, notably the cornerbacks. But that's where those safeties and even linebackers can help, you know, with coverage and even assignments. You know, if cornerbacks are confused, having that better presence on all levels of the defense will really help those young guys blossom not have to worry about every tiny little thing. And again, I really trust the coaching of Mike Zimmer. And you know what? The Lions, I don't love their team, but Matthew Stafford, before he got injured, was on pace for 5,000 yards, or just under, and 40 touchdowns. He was on pace to be second in the NFL in yards, only behind Jameis Winston, and lead the NFL in touchdowns before he got injured. I am Matthew Stafford as a dark horse MVP candidate. Wow. Dark Horse. Dark Horse. The Lions have, to be honest, Matthew Stafford has carried that franchise for so many years. I feel bad for him. He's a really good quarterback, but that team just isn't good. That defense, has that defense ever been good? (laughs) Under, you know, I feel like Stafford can only do so much. Now, that's, you know, because that team isn't great, I'm not picking him to win MVP, but I like him as a dark horse candidate. Why not? Fair. Yeah, yeah and then, I'm still taking the Packers in this division. I think the Vikings are your strong wild card. Um, and I, I haven't flip-flopped. Flip-flop. I mean... Fair enough. Fair and to be honest, either way, n- no team should run away from the other Vikings or Packers. Bears, we'll see. It's a make-or-break year for Trubisky. Trubisky's starting the season. We'll see how long it takes before Foles takes over. <laughs> That's yeah, my view on it. I, Yeah, it's kind of maybe a la- last chance for Trubersky, as some called him. Uh, but no, we'll see. They're paying. They're paying Nick Foles a lot of money. You know, they didn't. It's not like Jacksonville cut him, and then the Bears signed him. It was a trade, so a lot of that money is now transferred to Chicago. Let's now wrap up our division by division breakdown with the NFC East. My New York Giants are going to struggle again this year. Now, yes, they are. I think I like their I like pieces on their team. I really do. I love, and I really do mean this. Love what I've seen from Joe Judge. He is the real deal. The Giants didn't need, you know, a crafty great play caller. They needed a leader of men, and that's what Joe Judge is has brought to the table. He's shown incredible accountability. His detail. He's so detail oriented in the scrimmage. They he did a a halftime interview in a scrimmage, and then in between plays on a drive, the quarterbacks were running back and forth between the sideline and the huddle, and people you know were saying what well, they were practicing headset malfunctions in case something happened. Like that he's did. I love what I've seen from Joe Judge. I think this team is still very young though, and you look at their schedule. Their schedule is brutal. They face the Ravens and Steelers. They face. The NFC West, which, as I've said, is the best division in football. They face the Buccaneers, which obviously Bucks weren't great last year, but they have Brady, and the Bucks will be very good again this year. Like Their schedule is just so difficult, the Giants, so I don't think they're going to make a ton of improvement in the win column, so I'll be looking for maybe player development, that type of stuff. And same thing with the Washington football team. I taken. It's been a bit uh, for me to get used to saying that. The Washington football team. 
But this division is between the Eagles and Cowboys. And you know what? The Eagles, the last time there was a repeat division winner, I believe, was the Eagles. 01, 02, 03, 04. Since that four-year run, no NFC East team has won the division in back-to-back years. Eagles won it last year, and I'm going to say the Cowboys win it this year, and that streak continues. And I say it ends. <laughs> I picked the Eagles this year. Um, you know, I'm not a believer in Mike McCarthy. I'm not sold on him. And, and I don't know the identity of this Cowboys team. And Dak Prescott, he, he is another, you know, he, he dumbs down a level of competition. In the big moments, he's not there. For yeah, me... For me, I'm very interested to see this Dallas defense because a couple years ago, Lane Vanderhurst and Jalen Smith were the talk of the NFL. They were, it was, you know, they were flying around the field, making plays left and right. I mean, it was incredible. So those two guys in particular, uh, you know, Jerry McCoy went down with the season-ending quad injury, so hopefully he makes a full recovery. But that definitely hurt their interior D line. They still have Don Terry Poe, who's a nice player. Uh, on the interior of their defensive line, but Everson Griffin and uh, Demarcus Lawrence, I think, are two real. You know, Lawrence obviously we know him. Everson Griffin, I believe, it's a one-year, six million dollar deal. They're not paying him that much, so I like that. That secondary, they lost Byron Jones. Obviously, they signed uh, Diggs from the cornerback. Well, not signed. Excuse me. They drafted Diggs, the cornerback out of Alabama. So we'll see how he develops. They cut Ha Ha Clint Dix, which was definitely interesting. It was definitely noteworthy. So I'm very interested to see this Dallas defense. Meanwhile, Philly, they bring in, they traded for Darius Slay, who's one of the more underrated corners in the game. I really like uh, both teams. I think it's another tight division race. There's not going to be a ton of runaway teams or runaway divisions this year. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I think we gotta stick to what we know. But I'm gonna I'm going on a little bit of a limb here. I think the Eagles are gonna be better. And they're I think for me are dark very dark horse Super Bowl contenders. Um, I think if you get if this is a big if if we get a healthy Carson Wentz and a healthy wide receiver core and Miles Sanders the full season of him, we know what he can do and bring to the table. Well, I mean, look, it's cut-down day, and we're now 13 minutes past the deadline as of this recording. I saw the Eagles were shopping Alshon Jeffrey, so I'll just throw that out there. The, yeah, I saw that as well. I, I haven't checked what's gone on on cuts during this podcast. I wouldn't be surprised if he may have been a cut. I don't think so, because I think I would have gotten an alert by now, but who knows? Yeah, I think I would have as well, but... You're, you're the guy on that, and I trust you. But uh, I, I do definitely... Rager, I think, already suffered Rager. an injury. So there's still some questions on that Eagles team. Dallas, I think their offense is going to be really explosive, but the the defense is obviously the question. Yeah, I, I, and, I, and I'm going to... I'm going to say I'm going a little bit of a limb here on the Eagles, and I'm betting on Carson Wentz over Dak Prescott, I guess. Well... That Well, I guess before we wrap up Game Time Podcast, Shot, do you have any last thoughts before the NFL season kicks off Thursday night, September 10th, Chiefs-Texans? Any last thoughts on any team, any division? You have the floor. Wow. I don't know. I think we 
course, yes. The Steelers are going to beat the Giants. I'm not denying it. The Giants are rebuilding. You know, I as I was just going through those divisions, I guess maybe the Chiefs are what the only really runaway in among all divisions. Like, I feel like we're gonna have so many really close divisional, uh, you know, games matchups, and hopefully we get a full season. I'm a lot more optimistic now than I was a couple months ago. And John Mara, the Giants owner, who had a Zoom press conference kind of echoed those same things that, you know, a couple months ago he was not feeling good. Now, although he's still not sure, he's still a lot more optimistic. So I'm crossing my fingers, and I'm hoping I, uh, we have a full season. Uh, go ahead, Shai. All right. I want to throw one thing out there. I'm going to make a Super Bowl prediction. Super Bowl. Uh, Should I should I make a bold, per, a, not a native more people? I agree with you on I agree with on Seattle. Do you, I think the Steelers will win the AFC. And I'm not, I'm not saying it because you're here. I've really thought about this. Now look, I know it's a bit bold. You know the you know the obvious Ravens, Chiefs. But you know what? Why not the Steelers? If Ben stays healthy, obviously I've Ben. Never thought about it myself. <laughs> I know I know you have I know you have. I know you have so. We'll see though. It, it should be it should be a fun NFL season. Hopefully, we'll get a full NFL season. Shy Chiefs Texans Thursday night. Who are you picking? Game is in Arrowhead. If that has any. And yes, I will agree with that. I I'm picking the Chiefs. We don't know how this Texans offense will look, and the Chiefs I think are just too powerful. They're too. They have weapons coming from every which way. This defense got. Better, still not great, but better. Frank Clark and Chris Jones are really good up the middle. They have Tyron Matthew. I think this. I think the Chiefs will have a marvelous season. Wouldn't be surprised me if they go back to back. And yes, they will start off this weird, but at least we're playing twenty twenty season with a win. That's all the time we have today on Game Time Podcast. I'm for Shy Dweck. I'm your host. Alex Rubinson, I guess Shai Dweck, you're also a host. That's my bad. <laughs> probably, probably could have phrased that better. But, uh, you know, we hope you enjoyed our prediction special. We also obviously mixed in some extensions. We'll see you next time.